Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks. This is episode 47. Um, it's the middle of a week. Uh, my name is John. I'm joined by Andrea, and we're going to talk about pop culture things that we like. Um, how are you doing? I am doing excellently on this Wednesday evening, John. How about yourself? Pretty good. Contemplate, I do every time after I say an intro, like, should it be the same every time or should it just be a little, just wing it? You know, is it less professional to wing it, but is it too stiff to not? Well, I mean, we were just talking about our ability to take polls of our audience, you know, earlier in the evening. So you could find out what our audience thinks. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to work on that. Yes. Yeah. See what yeah. Think. I'm going to I'm going to sign up for multiple bot accounts and just like evenly match <laughs> in the poll so you'll be yeah. so confused well my brother-in-law does like i say he does those polls but then he has to demod myself and matt because the a moderator can't vote oh sure so sure you know if he wants us to contribute so yeah anyways yes podcast yeah, on the poll. rocks read the room podcast things we're going to talk mm -hmm. about um, we'll get to the the it thing at the moment, I suppose, I guess, uh, WandaVision, episodes one and two later in the episode. Um, so we'll get spoiler, spoilery about those things. Um, but until then, we'll have news, and uh, I'd like to know how your week's been. Well, it's been pretty good. Uh my beloved Packers won their game on Saturday, so they are advancing for for anybody mm -hmm. who cares about the NFL or the Super Bowl. Uh, there's a chance that my team could be there, so very excited God about willing, that. That's right. Hey, hey, that sentence started <laughs> off so well. <laughs> Got lost somewhere around the middle. Yeah. Watch yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, we're if you're uh, if you're not a Packer fan, you'll be comforted to know that we're scheduled to face Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend, which is going to be pretty rough. So it's uh, it's quite a large hurdle for us to actually make it to the big game. So we'll see. Yeah, I um I haven't watched a single game all year, <laughs> uh, quite intentionally. But sure, uh, for my father-in-law's birthday. Um, we were going to go and eat and he really just wanted to watch the game, um, games, games, plural, oh, I okay. guess. But, uh, but the one he saw the end of, so it was Sunday. So you saw okay. the end of what must've been the first one. And then yeah. we primarily watched the, uh, well, we watched the entirety of, of the bucks and, uh, the saints, the saints. Yeah, so, so he must I was have rooting for the Bucks. The Chiefs and the Browns then. Yes, that's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sounds right. So you so, were rooting for the Bucks? So you I were was. happy? <laughs> I was rooting for the Bucks because as a kid, I thought, oh, pirates, they're cool. And then right. they usually always did terribly. Yeah. I mean, most of my time no like being aware the 90s, of them. They early 2000s so well. yeah 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 they they had some so, rough years it's true <laughs> so i thought well if they can you know it'd be cool if they they won now i guess so sure yeah uh well i will i will definitely accept that because it's it's a non-tom brady related reason to cheer <laughs> yeah. for the bucks 
right. which, which is perfectly acceptable to me. So, cause I am, I am definitely one of those people who acknowledges Tom Brady's talent. Uh, but I am sick of seeing him in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. Like I would really like other people to be there. Not, I mean, like Aaron yes, Rodgers. Yes, obviously the <laughs> Packers, but yeah. I mean, barring that, I I would like other people to be, also be in the Super Bowl because I'm super sick of Tom Brady. I'm pretty indifferent about Brady. I didn't like the coach for the Patriots. Oh, Belichick. Uh, yeah, not that. Again, not that I really care. I, this is always the thing. I talk about football as if I care. I <laughs> you're like sucked really. into it, and you're like, why yeah. am I talking about it? I don't care. <laughs> well, anyways, the first game that I saw for the season, uh, at least, was um, was inter- an entertaining one. So sure. Well, okay, so I have to, so I can seek into a entertainment related tangent from this football discussion. Uh, I've never been really a, a fan of Belichick's either. Um, just like his kind of coaching style has, has been very off-putting to me. What do you think about his like subway commercials? I kind of think they're funny. Like, have you I seen have not his? seen them. Oh, they're, I they're like, I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. You should definitely look them up. Cause they, they might like change your mind or like, or not completely change your mind, but give you a different perspective. Um, so Bill Belichick is notoriously one of the coaches who talks the least. I mean, you, right. even on the sidelines during games, he he's pretty silent. Um, so they do a lot of riffing in the commercials on his his lack of talking. Um, there's literally a woman who meets him on the sidewalk and she's carrying like a pizza and she's like, Bill Belichick. Oh, my God. Like, you're here. What am I? You're right. What am I doing holding this pizza? It's so bad for me. Like. I should really go to Subway and get something healthy. Thank you. That was the best pep talk ever. And he like literally has just stood there, said nothing, and then goes, you're welcome. <laughs> and wow. uh, I don't know. Like they're they're just kind of like, wow, I didn't I didn't know Bill Belichick could, you know. Inspired health? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's what I didn't know. I was like, well, the first thing he you think, wow, yeah, health. I should be yeah. healthy now. That's I'm, right. I mean, those rippling abs of yours. You. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. They're kind of funny. So I would I would go check them out. Oh, wow. There's a there's a quip for you. A fitness trainer in the chat says Subway being the blandest of sandwiches is perfect for Belichick. <laughs> he has the blandest of personalities. I love it. Deep burn. I mean, I mean, I don't know him personally, but uh, yeah, the face Deep he puts burn. forward certainly is pretty. Uh, yeah, I, he, you know, he doesn't have a lot of expressions. Um, right. I think yes. probably by choice, but you know, there is something about once you've chosen to be a, a rather nonverbal, non-expressive person, you just kind of keep going down that road. Now you can get away with it, right? Yeah. And your yeah, press briefings and stuff. From you. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to say a word. So, <laughs> yep. Well, you know, now I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> you know, Subway is not the best sandwich place by a long stretch. I would agree. No, um, I agree. Although, unfortunately for me, it's currently one of the few places I can actually get a sandwich from. Uh, mm. Because as a pregnant person, I am not allowed to eat deli meats. So I need to eat like sandwiches that have actual meat, like rotisserie what's chicken the, kind of meat. What's wrong with the deli? What's the deli meat? What's um, that? 
There's something about like the temperature that it's stored at um, that I can get like a, a bacterial disease. Gosh, I, it's totally escaping. So you couldn't me right have now. just like any sort of aged meat that's not you don't cook. Basically. Uh, yeah, listeria, listeria. I'm I'm like okay. three times as likely as your normal person to get listeria. It's apparently something that like uh, affects pregnant people and older people. Um, so like everybody has a chance to get it. Right. It's just like as yeah. a younger, healthy person, like you, you are more resistant. And if you get it, it's not really a big deal where like yes. I'm super susceptible. And then of course, like if I catch like it, sushi or right. Yeah. The problem isn't for me. The problem would be for the baby. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, well, I've, I've literally never wanted a sandwich more in my entire lifetime that I have during these seven months. Like, I just wanted to go to, like, Jimmy John's and, like, eat a sandwich. And that's not normally me. Well, I blame fitness trainer, but you brought up Subway, so. I did. I guess I it's did. on your mind. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, yeah, I'm, I'm looking trainers. for any way to connect, you know, football and my Subway and sandwich obsessions right now. Mm -hmm. My pregnancy cravings. <laughs> fitness trainer thinks my hair is getting long. I just it's say go back six again. months or so, you know, go yeah. back, go back to when we started this last year or something. Then it was long. It's That's getting longer again. I mean, you've obviously, yeah. you cut yeah. it and then now it's growing back out a little bit. I'm getting, I'm getting grays. You're getting grays. Yeah. My goodness. Are you going to start just fermenting your hair? <laughs> <laughs> I, I make a uh, politically relevant joke, but no, I uh, I won't for a reason. But um, I had thought about dyeing my hair. But Oh, um, yeah? Just separately from the from the whole gray yeah. issue? Yeah. What would well, you dye no, it? I just, like, what color are you thinking? I wouldn't go crazy. It, it would go around naturalness. Okay. Like, my hair is, gets pretty dark in the winter and yeah. it gets really light and blonde in the summer mm -hmm. i think it's better blonde so probably yeah go you've there, got but... like a very coppery kind of red tone happening right now partially i think yeah. from the winter partially the from the light yeah 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 i don't know but uh getting old it's last year's <laughs> age i guess you know and uh it's the way it goes gonna be yes. old man soon Soon I'm going to have at least an excuse, you know, for my gray hairs. I'm going to have a kid, so at least I can be like, freaking kid did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to tell them as they, yeah. as they grow up. Yeah, Look definitely. what you did to me, punk. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yep. I'll just uh, add up the price tag of every box of hair dye that I have to buy to hide my grays. And, you know, when my kid's 18, be like, here's your you dad. The bill yeah <laughs> i i disapprove of the idea that um we're getting way off track here but we are. <laughs> i disapprove of the idea that you owe your parents you i know. no i totally agree that was definitely made in jest but yeah uh, i know i just like there's certainly yes <laughs> there are there are certain cultures there are certain upbringings or whatever that the idea is that well i brought you in this world and i raised you Mm -hmm. proper and i gave you these opportunities and therefore you need to repay me for said things yes um, i'm opposed to that, that yeah I, well, but 
I think there's, yeah, there's definitely probably a monetary aspect to that and also a, like, service, like, you know, care for me when I'm older. Um, That can be taken to very varying extremes, you know, like taking care of you versus, like, move into our house and live with us and I will, you know, basically be your nurse kind of thing. So, I mean, take care of your own, I think, is is good and important, but it should be obligatory. Exactly. Should be like expected, it's, like you're you're going to do this. It's theft versus charity. Yes, and charity exactly. is worthy and uh, admirable thing, and mm-hmm. uh, not that you look at it as charity, but it's the same. Right. You know, force it's the spirit of yeah. It's the spirit freedom. of willingness to do that versus yeah. being made to. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Finis Tran says, "You owe me so much since you choo- chose to be born." Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. You definitely made that decision. So, you know. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, you were talking about your week. So yes. you watched a football game, Packers won, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> Just skip and, right over that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I, I let us down a dark, you know, rabbit hole via Bill Belichick and Subway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I watched football and then I watched other things that were completely different. Um, I watched the four-part limited series called Self-Made. The story of Madame C.J. Walker on Netflix, which I definitely recommend. Um, I watched it on Martin Luther King Day, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and it felt like very apropos to look at um, this woman who was one of the first self-made black billionaires uh, in the United States, and she just had this like massive company that she started. Um, she started selling like hair grower and hair products for black women. And then she built like this entire empire, like moved to New York city, had a whole compound next to like the Rockefellers. Um, she was extremely charitable, like gave to the arts, gave to the sciences, did a lot of philanthropic work. And I just like had no idea that she even existed. Um, so it was really cool to, to watch this, you know, like I said, this like limited series based on her life. I think obviously a little, embellishment here and there sure um but a mostly true story and i'm never gonna say no to anything with octavia butler because she is fabulous and she kills it as the main character and octavia butler oh yeah she is that octavia spencer now married oh sorry yeah octavia spencer sorry i'm i'm getting my brain confused octavia butler is definitely somebody else that i've been reading in my monster she wrote book uh, she is an mm-hmm. author. <laughs> okay. So, I was like, oh boy, Octavia is becoming a popular name, but the only yeah, actress I yeah. know. Yep. Nope. That's uh, I'm going to blame that one on pregnancy brain. I'm going to get, I'm going to get that one in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, you only can give me one, but there it is. Um, yeah. Octavia right. Spencer. Um, she is fantastic. And then Tiffany Haddish, who plays her daughter actually does a really good job for being in a dramatic role. Which I was surprised about. I mean, there's funny parts too, but you know, just showing off her range a little bit. And uh, Tiffany Haddish looks exactly like uh, Madam C.J. Walker's real daughter. It's kind of scary, actually. Which I think was probably a big part of the reason why she was cast. Um, Looking up who Tiffany Haddish is. Oh yeah, she's a comedian. Um, Kind of shot. 
yeah, past couple of years. Girls Trip, Night School. Okay. Um, there's like one other. Yes. Yep. Um, and then she's also dating Common, I believe. Rapper I Common. Any, I'm too old. I told you, I'm getting gray hairs. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> you would definitely <laughs> know his face for okay. sure. Like if you saw him, you'd be like, oh, okay. I just didn't know that that was his name. Okay. So yeah, uh, so one of the, oh yes, okay. Right. He actually yeah. um am I thinking of the right person here? I might be. <laughs> he definitely is familiar. Yeah. Uh, he looks like the guy. He was in John Wick. Yes. yes. Okay, that's right. He uh, let's see. Um he looks to me and it's been a while since I've seen it, but when I first saw his face, I thought the Microsoft commercials, but I'm a dork, so I'm not sure if oh. that's him or not. I know, I know he's been in a slew of commercials, so definitely possible. All right, either yeah, I remember him John Wick now for sure. What's Are that for Microsoft commercials, or like you're thinking like um, or... a year or two years ago at this okay. point? Yeah, definitely possible. It's been a while. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. There's always, uh, there are always more amazing and inspiring stories out there than we are ever given on a regular basis. Like if you yeah. look into it, just the, the number of, of businesses or amazing things created. Mm -hmm. Um, I listen to a podcast once in a while that goes through like, um, just amazing people, uh, the, and the contributions for good or bad that they've made to the world. And That's yeah, neat. it's just stuff you don't think about. I yeah. I mean, obviously there's, there's only so much you can fit in a history book or in a history, you know, curriculum in school kind of thing. And, uh, you can't just be like, Oh man, you know, I, I can't believe we were never taught about this, but you know, it is, it is amazing when you stop and think about like all of the history that you feel like you already do know. And then you find something that you're like, man, I just, I had no clue, you know, yep. this amazing story, you know, happened right here in the U S and had no idea. So yeah. I, I resisting the urge to go on a, a bout about school. Uh, <laughs> should I, so. should I bring my like history teacher husband in here so we can just like. <laughs> Have a powwow. <laughs> yeah, we'd have a really, really derailed podcast then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some sometime we'll have to we'll have to do that. But uh, for now, yeah, I just highly recommend watching that that series on Netflix. Um, and then I also started because we just got Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, um, and Hulu. Uh, I started the series Shrill by. Uh, SNL comedian A.D. Bryant, and it is extremely funny. I really enjoy it. So I'm only like two, three episodes in, but also definitely a thumbs up on that one. Uh, we'll talk to streaming services later more, but I would have, yeah. I would do that bundle too if it had the live TV option with Hulu, which I believe it doesn't. Oh yeah, it does not. No. So. Although, oh, actually, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about. If it does, because I we just signed up for it and I was watching something on Hulu today and the inauguration came up. 
And I thought well, it might have actually been in real time, but I don't know if that's special because it's the inauguration and they're just getting I live mean, coverage of that or if it was like live TV. Probably is because okay. it's like you could watch that live on YouTube too or whatever, you know. That's true. That's true. So I'm sure they're just, you know, feeding it in from somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. That was I, my guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume that it's not live TV unless I go to back to check it at some point and, and I can report yeah, back. Yeah, maybe they've week. changed it. I just looked at it when they first announced the deal. Sure. Um, and it's like, well, we, we, you know, we're already, we're going to get Disney plus. We already have Hulu. So mm -hmm. if we can get a cheaper deal, great, but we want the live TV. Options. Yeah. Cause that's all we, that's all we have. I'm sure you guys have cable or whatever for stuff. We so. do. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll I'll have to I'll have to check on that and I'll and I'll report back next week just in case it does contain live television. Cool. So you can potentially switch over. But yeah, um that was what I watched this weekend and then plus one division, which we'll talk about later. And then I am uh deep in the throes of parenting and birthing classes and reading parenting books. And just had to give a shout out to a book that I'm reading called How to Have Your Second Kid First. And it's basically like a hundred different pieces of advice from second time parents who are just, they like don't give an F anymore. It's so great. They're just like, you think this is going to matter with your first kid? It really effing won't. Just do this instead. Like, don't make things harder on yourself. Like, you know. Don't feel guilty don't about. Don't worry about bashing their head in the ground. Too. I mean, like they it's head, totally it's gonna be fine. Too many times they'll be all right. They make little I'm baby resilient. helmets. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seriously, it's it's really great. It's literally just like don't buy fancy stuff. Like you're not gonna use half of it. Don't waste right. your money. Let your relatives buy you all the things because they're gonna be excited. Um, you know, let let your relatives take the kid when they're all excited in the first couple weeks after they're born because they're not going to be excited in a couple months. And, mm. you know, just like just definitely random stuff. That yeah. Just like, you, yeah, just go give your kid away as much as possible because eventually you're going to be stuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's more than that, but it's it's really fun just to like hear from these parents who are like, don't worry about stuff. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, you know, calming as, you know, a person who's about to become a parent for the first time and, you know, you don't really have any idea what you're doing. Um, and then it's also practically helpful in the sense of like, you know, they're like, don't buy baby bottle warmers and don't buy all these like fancy gadgety things because mm. you're inevitably, inevitably going to be stuck somewhere. Well, you're, you're going to be stuck somewhere where like you didn't think to pack it and then mm. your kid is going to be so used to like their bottle warmed exactly or like their diaper wipe warmed up and suddenly it's not going to happen <laughs> and they're going to throw a hissy fit and it's because you train them to expect all these like nice, fancy, perfect things. So just yeah. don't do it. I was yeah, like, cool. that's a, I Love mean, if the advice from this book is don't coddle your child. Yeah. Perfect. Because yeah. I've had plenty of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's very freeing to just be like, cool. I just like don't have to worry about that, or like, you know, I shouldn't 
worry about like making everything perfect for my kid because that's not life. Hopefully your mind will like come back to these moments. So when something <laughs> happens and you're like about to do whatever, you're like, oh yeah. Right, right. The book said this, like just chill, <laughs> just chill. Right. So. Exactly. The book like haunts me. No, yeah. don't do it. So. Well, cool. Yeah. Sounds like lots of fun stuff. Yeah, definitely a, a lot to take in over the weekend. How about yourself? What uh, what new topics or shows or things have you been reading? Uh, well, we finished Maidsama. Uh, so um, I just do the, the PSA that um, everyone should go out and watch Maidsama. Mm -hmm. uh, 26 episodes. I, I agree that it ends well. Yes. Definitely ends like there could be more. But right. I'm perfectly okay with this sort of, this sort of ending too. And yeah, it's, it's not like a total cliffhanger, even if like you said, there could be more. Yeah. Yep. So very cute, very well done. Just mm -hmm. it, it just long enough that you're starting to get overly frustrated with Miski, but mm. but then it ends, you know. Yes. And uh so yeah, I, I I can't recommend it enough for something just fun yes. to watch on Netflix. So yeah, very very light, um, not quite frivolous fun all the time because there's some good like deeper moments in the anime, yeah. but but it on on the whole stays like pretty surface, mm -hmm. but like a well done surface. Yeah. Yep. And I love and, the, the cast of supporting characters. Yes. Made a big difference, mm -hmm. <laughs> even though some of them are so pathetic. Uh, <laughs> definitely made me want to go back to a maid cafe. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's uh, we should have them here, but I'm sure they would be completely different, you know. But uh, yeah, I love uh, I loved the maid cafe setting, especially when they would do like different days. Like they mm -hmm. I mean, they had their like regular maid days, but then they would do like different theme days. And it was such like a fun added element to the show it was almost like a character in and of itself to be in the maid yep. cafe so well we went uh the second time in japan ashley and i went and saw it was a gudetama themed so the oh, little yeah egg, egg character yeah yeah it was uh um so yeah they had their events and their themes and stuff you know that they they rotate through or whatever and um lots of fun that way um alan sharing with us yes. band made yeah <laughs> so the band aid band made interesting but yeah i um everybody should watch it it's um like i say a lot of fun i love the way they do some of the art it's very it's very cute um what'd you no i don't want i don't want to say that because it'll get spoilery okay anyway <laughs> anime fans uh, go ahead I just I just have to bust in. So Bandmaid is like an actual band mm -hmm. that that has like a maid cafe image. And this looks amazing. Okay. Like I would totally, totally watch this. Cool. <laughs> what, what genre? They're rock. Okay. okay. So I would definitely, yeah, I'm going to have to check that, that out after the show is done because that sounds excellent. We should tell, I mean, well they found, should be watching Ellen. the podcast. 
But uh, we should, if being they're not right now, anyways, we should tell Phil and Dana about watching Maid Sama. They can watch that together. Yeah, they should. They should. They would definitely enjoy that, I think. Yeah. Um, So that, and then we're probably going to start, we might try tonight um, a show called uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. And it's, uh, I don't know, it, it looks like it deals with some curses and stuff probably kind of action oriented just for mm-hmm. a change in in pace um so we'll see how that goes pretty new sure. on Crunchyroll. okay um been working on D D. yet got another in-person one coming up uh the i have a lot of fun picking music for these things and then i've started working because they're going to get to a certain point here where i if i'm not ahead enough here i'm going to have to take a break and oh, work sure. on some more. So I started working on some a different culture and um, religion and and couple cities because um, mm-hmm. they're just there's Easter eggs that have been planted, uh, <laughs> but they they need to blossom, and I okay. need to know what those are. So um, <laughs> I like your so mixed metaphors that. here. You spread <laughs> yeah. your your blossoming Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's right. Okay. Fine. Easter eggs. I've. They need to hatch. They're gonna. There you go. <laughs> so. But yeah, that's been good. Um, and the other week we watched, um, let him go. Oh, you uh, did. Okay. Which I forgot to mention. That's right. Um, that's with Diane Lane and Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good. It was a good movie. It was well done. It was sad, though, I have to say. How come? Uh, so don't go looking for a happy film. It just, you know, <laughs> the way it ends is not. Okay. Well, I won't, yeah, I won't ruin anything, I guess, but it's one of those films that came out basically uh, digitally mm-hmm. the same time as in a theater. So they put it in the theater, and then I think you could, you know, you can rent it for a larger amount um, right away at home or whatever. So. Well done. If you're a fan of of Kevin Costner or Diane Lane, check it out. Okay. And then I've been playing more of Control still. Still taking too many screenshots in photo mode. Um, but, <laughs> but they it's are been beautiful. Good. What you what yeah. you sent over was excellent. Yeah, I've got I've got so many. I, I especially enjoy the like suspended bodies. Like they look like like sort of replicants. Like suspended yeah. midair, it looks really cool. Yeah, there uh, there are workers that have been uh, yeah they're suspended and they just chant, okay. incessantly chant basically, and the bureau's trying to figure out what what that the meaning is to that chant. Okay. So, but yeah, very cool, um, very creepy. And then I made some good progress reading. Finally, I'm really trying to read more. Uh, as we'll talk about later, I'm gonna I'm trying to get into want to read through House of M. I know that's a graphic novel, but uh, okay. Marvel's House of M. And then, um, yeah, I've got my stack of books I'm, I'm working through. I'm a, a third of the way through my, like, um, in, environmental conservatory book now. And okay. uh, we'll see what I choose next. But nice. I don't bring them up much because, again, so far what I'm reading is not pop culture related um so 
Sure. Anyways, I'll get I'll get there though. Yeah, that's been my week. Carpet. Oh yeah, the carpet was supposed to be installed last week, and then <laughs> weather. Uh, oh and no. So then it was supposed to be installed today, and then the guy didn't call and say that he was running like three hours behind. So I, oh, wow. I waited our allotment, our window that uh -huh. was supposed to show up. I gave him an extra 30 minutes and I called and I'm like, um, hey, what's going on? So yeah. they'd either be here now, basically, mm -hmm. or uh, we hopefully can get it done finally Friday. Okay. So. Yeah, that seems like a pretty substantial amount of time to be running behind and not tell someone. I know. They're supposed to do that. They said, like, too, oh, yeah, they're supposed to let you know. But Well, yeah. They did not. Again, especially that amount of time. Like, it's yep. not small. Yep. It's not just, like, 15, 20 minutes, like, oh, yeah, I can hang around here. That's, right. you know, that's half your day. Yep. Well, bummer. Hopefully, fingers crossed for you for Friday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's our weeks, um, with a couple detours, we got <laughs> drink events. Um, I'm celebrating yeah. one of them. Indeed. Um, I hoped you were. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's not very appealing in this glass. It's just having something else, but, um, it looks like. The shape like, is uh, cool. The color question. Yeah. It looks like <laughs> something Austin Powers drank in the one movie, but, um. Oh boy. Um, no, I'm having, uh, having hot buttered quote unquote rum. Okay. Because the one, Why like literally almost it? the one main liquor we don't have is uh, spiced rum, sure. dark rum. Yeah. Um, which we never do usually I've been, either. I've been meaning to remedy that. There's this uh, James Bond limited edition oh. rum I've been meaning to order. Cool. Uh, yeah. It's, um, but I haven't yet. So, anyways, I have a, um, it's a, single malt scotch okay. but it's been aged in uh in a rum caribbean, barrel yeah rum casks so there you go the belvedine caribbean cask extra matured in rum cases casks aged 14 years mm -hmm. so that's my uh rum for the drink that's kind of a nice <laughs> kind of a nice liquor for for buttered rum yeah for a cocktail but that's all right does it taste good because that's really all that matters yeah it's very good it's very <laughs> good it's, uh it should be i should be drinking this on a colder day it's kind of nice and warm day really but well uh, it definitely started off like i thought it was going to be freezing cold today it was 14 degrees and it said it felt like negative one in the morning and then suddenly this afternoon was beautiful um which i which i can't complain about yeah i'm not gonna right. be mad about but yeah this morning you could have started off the day with a hot buttered rum and it would have fit right yeah. in yep so yeah and that that's so hot butter rum day was the 17th yes which yeah. was also bootlegger day which i was reading a little bit about that and i didn't know that the term bootlegger literally came from it started off like as a small operation, um, people literally carrying flasks of booze in their boot flaps. Sure. Like to mm -hmm. transport them in places. And then, of course, like bootlegging got like really big, um, you know, like kind of a larger enterprise as, you know, became more successful. But yeah, literally started off with people just shoving homemade, you know, 
booze in flasks in their boots and transporting it around, which I thought was really funny. Ha ha, they'll never find this rum in my (laughs) boot. Right, right. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as a strip search back in the old days. There's no TSA (laughs) to to pat you down and take off your shoes. So (laughs) Yeah. Or airplanes, yeah. Exactly. Well, I guess we're talking this. I, I'm in my mind. I go pirates. Okay, we're we're talking oh, rum, yeah. and in the boots. So I was thinking uh, more that sort of uh, more piratey. Yeah, fourteen hundreds or something. But yeah, well, you know, there's no there's no uh, uh, check person at the port. You know, yep. checking your boots anyway, checking your yep. cargo, but not not your person. What do you go on this ship here? <laughs> That was that was a pretty good, although you definitely did sound a little bit like the the um merchant from Resident Evil. I know. I <laughs> resist. It came to my mind as well. Yeah. It's like, it's such a distinctive voice. Like it's yeah. hard not to get sucked into it. But yep. But yeah, so yeah, in honor of uh bootlegger day, I've got a little bit of gin and lemonade. It's more okay. like an essence. A splash of gin since you've you know, taken an eyedropper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like an alchemist over here, one drop. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yep. So we're we're being good uh, this week. We're we're celebrating our respective days. So yeah. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, salute, kampai. Um and then Baltic Porter Day. Wait, we talked about then we talked about that one last week. Is this kind of a crossover? Yeah, it's a little bit of a crossover. I left it on there just because we both had not known what it was, and then Alan found it out for us. And I was like, well, if John if John wants to go crazy and try himself a a Baltic Porter, then go ahead. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. Alan says Kraken. I assume you mean um, not not to release the Kraken, but the the rum <laughs> Kraken. Um, I think so. so. I've definitely had that at your house. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Before. Oh, so you've not had that? Okay, that's right. So you're not not a rum person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that was like common go to a lot has been yeah. that. Um, I'm trying to find this. Here it is. So this is what I want. It's um, Blackwell 007 rum. Mm. Um, inspired by a time-honored family recipe and is close tied to the world of James Bond, Chris Blackwell is releasing a special edition Jamaican rum. Interesting. Blackwell, who is also the owner of Ian Fleming's former residence, is timing the launch to coincide with No Time to Die's limit. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's not coinciding <laughs> with the movie anymore, yeah. but... Uh, <laughs> The second you said that, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if it's still available, I should probably get that. Yeah, that'd but. be cool. I'd, I'd try that. All right. Um, little news, little streaming news, little gaming news before we get on to WandaVision. Yes. Um, we've talked about some of the things we've watched thus far on streaming services this week. Mm-hmm. Um basically have three separate stories here and can it in my book they can kind of all be talk we can all kind of all talk about them together because it yeah. sort of just is the state of streaming again not that we haven't talked about this but we keep getting new data or thinking about new things uh with it i guess mm-hmm. so going through the headlines quickly netflix hits 200 million subscriber mark yes um netflix is uh has 
put up a new ad advertising a whole bunch of their new movies. Um, and, uh, probably a good thing because they've just lost a billion hours of content Mm -hmm. and, um, there's analysts starting to, uh, coin the term churn for the, uh, rapid rate at which people binge a show, complete it, and then unsubscribe from a streaming service. Yes. So, um, Starting with your bit here with Netflix hitting 200 million. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, they uh, they had uh, what they're saying is their best fourth quarter um, since like the kind of the beginning and inception of Netflix as a service. Um, not only did they hit the 200 million mark uh, for, you know, subscribers to their service, but they also made enough money to solely fund all of their original content for the coming year, which they they haven't been able to do uh, in okay. previous years. They've they've needed uh, investor support, which is I mean right. pretty pretty standard. But um, they're just yeah. saying like for now, they're they're able to fully fund all of their new pretty original content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which I mean is going to be pretty substantial for 2021, um, mm-hmm. going into 2022. So we'll see if that can kind of keep things rolling for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've had a lot of like fourth quarter success with a, a lot of the shows that have recently come out. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. I, I think the the article that you'd found about, you know, their upcoming movies promises like a new movie every week, I think they said, or a new show, a new release, something. Yeah, I thought... Um, I forgot what that was. I thought it was new every month, but uh, maybe it was weekly. Um, It's uh, either way, it's impressive, and it seems like they're really set up well to. I'm not subscribing to your garbage paper. Get away. (laughs) Um, Shoot. Um, But yeah. Oh, yes. Alan confirms every week. Yep. Okay, but they need to. So if they seem very well set up for um, the 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 state of theaters this year, mm-hmm. um, which is I think could be really amazing for them. But they need to work on their their hype train for things. Yeah. You know, when the new Avengers comes out, everybody knows about it pretty much. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you consume. You almost it's almost guaranteed you're going to see it. Right. Whether it's like in a magazine or it's on whatever show you happen to watch or it's in an ad on something on YouTube or Twitch or whatever you see it. And I think that's the problem. So many things get left by the wayside Mm -hmm. when in these streaming worlds, um, they need the marketing budget for like, and you obviously can't advertise everything that's coming every every week. You got to pick your things. Like they've got that movie or whatever coming with, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. I better know what that is and yeah. hear about it everywhere. And you not know, just that Leonardo that. DiCaprio movie, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same with the one with The Rock and uh, Ryan Reynolds um, and Gal yeah. Gadot. Uh, I need to, yes. Red Notice. I need. To, I think that sounds right. Sounds right. But everybody needs to know about that movie. Right. I like I know movie. about it because I'm in love with The Rock. So you know. Right. Yeah. But 
that's not going to so carry you very baby? far. We never talked about that. <laughs> who's baby? And then, uh, <laughs> Shh. Um, yeah. Chris is listening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, we there needs to they need to promote this stuff because otherwise, there's so much, so many films are just going to get lost in the weeds here. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, they need to, they need to up their their promotion game. I definitely agree, especially because Disney is such a master at the promotional yeah. game. I mean, they yeah. they've got the infrastructure. They they know what's effective. They know that their content, um, especially anything related to Marvel, is going to grab people's attention. Um, so they do have a little bit, I think, of a built-in cheat there, but. They take advantage of it really well and they maximize that to like leverage people into knowing like, okay, we have this like exciting Marvel thing coming out, but look at all the other stuff that I didn't know that I now know because Disney advertised. So if Netflix wants to compete, um, well, I mean, right now they're, they're of course like surpassing Disney plus, but the rate that Disney plus is growing, the projections that they have for their audience and how many subscribers they're going to have they're going to be in direct competition very, very soon. Yep. If they can keep, if they can keep delivering on Star Wars and Marvel content, mm -hmm. I am totally convinced most of America will not miss a movie theater and mm -hmm. will it, like their, yeah. their automatic two streaming services will be Netflix and Disney. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think uh, Disney is banking on that as well, just because the just because of the way they've revolutionized their internal operations to focus so much on streaming, they're clearly taking that bet that people are are going to stick with them and not go back to movie theaters, especially if they don't have to. I think they get, you know, I hope they get rid of the stigma because I, there has been, it's always been the thing where if as an actor you would feel the the shame of oh well i'm being demoted to television basically right if you yeah move from the big screen to television yeah you're moving from the big screen to the small screen mm -hmm. the silver screen to the bo little box yeah. but that's just not reality anymore definitely not and um because i remember when they were first talking about um loki it's like, yes. oh, wow, Loki getting, again, demoted. He's not going to be in the main movies. He's going to be mm -hmm. on the streaming platform. Like, boy, that sucks for him. I don't. I just don't think that's that's the way it is. I don't think it should be seen that way. And I don't yeah. think they're going to treat it that way either. No, I, I agree. And I think, especially if we're talking Disney very specifically, I think Paul Bettany signing on to do... WandaVision is like a big step in the sort of like, look at this huge star that, you know, transitioned to the smaller screen, you know, cause he's, he's certainly, I think he's, I mean, he's not Robert Downey Jr., but he is one of the bigger movie stars that they've had as part of the Marvel universe transition to the small screen. Sure. Do you know I, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I hadn't thought of it that way. You know, like, I knew Paul Bettany going into, you know, right away. And, I oh, he's Jarvis. Okay, that's Paul Bettany. Yeah. Cool. You know, but then I feel like he was overshadowed so quickly by the rest of the cast. 
that uh, I guess I just in my mind space didn't think of him as one of the bigger stars. Like yeah. I don't consider Hiddleston the bigger star. Yeah, and you do. Loki I think gained so much popularity. Right, I think you do in terms of um, like when you look at the Marvel verse. Like Loki is certainly a more popular character, but when you look at like the wide range of their work and like how established they've been in Hollywood generally. Paul Bettany's resume like dwarfs, I would say, probably 80% of his fellow Marvel, you know, actors. Sure. Has he done uh, a lot on on stage too? Do you know? He has. Yeah. He's he's just one of those like versatile actors who's done so much and has built up such an impressive portfolio and and a award worthy and much nominated um, body Mm. of work. So, you know, he's just kind of one I mean, of those like bigger, bigger actors that you can just be like, look, he's transitioning to the small screen and has no problem with it. Right. I remember, um, I always remember him from the Da Vinci Code. It's really where I first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty serious role, but it was well done. Yes. So. The, um, the first time well, I saw him, I think, was like way back. In um, middle school, he was in A Knight's Tale. He plays Jeffrey Chaucer. Yeah, yeah, oh. Alan's just chiming in. He's Chaucer in A Knight's Tale. Mm. Yeah. So obviously, like, the literary nerd in me was like, oh, my God. Look at look at this guy. <laughs> and, of course, like, A Knight's Tale. What, what middle school girl my age wasn't like, oh, my God, Heath Ledger. Yeah, so. I, I, I never saw it. Never saw it. No. Oh, you have to. Yeah. It's. Do I? It's, I'm not a middle school girl. I don't know. You, I didn't. You really do, especially especially because it's it's kind of it's sad to watch, you know, a, a Heath movie now, but it's also kind of one of the first things that like propelled him along along his uh, mm-hmm. Hollywood path. Um, and it's a terribly, awfully anachronistic movie with like no like no sense of realism. Um, yeah. But it's fun, and it's got a it's got a pretty star studded cast. Like Mark Addy is in there, so it's kind of fun to go back and see, you know, Robert Baratheon in his early days. Um, and then, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I I can't think of his name. He's Count Adamar, and he's like the villain, and he's been in, again and been in so much. He's been in like the Man in the High Castle. Victoria, um, the holiday. Gosh, I want to say is like someone in chat. You is, know, come on. Name is Rufus. Rufus Sewell. Yes, thank you, Alan. Oh, yes. He's in there as well, <laughs> and he is absolutely excellent. So, uh, Rufus Sewell. Yes, mm. yes, he's fun. He's he's another one of those actors who's just been in a lot of different stuff. That you kind of just forget over the years all of a sudden. Alan, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. He's He's in a new show, guy. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Uh, that alien Resident one on alien? sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, I that kind of looks like some fun. Could. Could be fun. Yeah, it could be uh it could be like a, a very terrible or very great show. Like the the promo has kind of it's you know been good but if that's like all the funny stuff then it's going to be one of those shows that you're like oh no 
<laughs> I've never seen personally anything that Alan Tudyk is in that isn't good. True. But I mean, well, then now now you'll have to test that theory with a Night's Tale as well. Yeah. I'll take <laughs> your, your whole body language is like, no, no, I don't want to <laughs> see, see the, the pirate. pirate. That's Dog right. Ball. He is. Uh, gar. <laughs> yep. Um, well, in contrast to what, you know, I was saying with, they need to really promote this stuff. So it doesn't get lost. Um, one of these articles, I forget now if it's one from, the Motley Fool or the LA Times here was um, saying how a different conclusion is being drawn here because it's something like um, Tiger King that no one knew about or would think anything about, but all Netflix had to do was put it on the home screen. Few people oh, yeah. then watch it. They watch what's on the home screen. You that's, know, that's is that, is that, is that maybe what the data is showing is, we don't need to spend these millions of dollars on promotion because we just force feed you something on your home screen. I still think hype is important. Now, obviously yeah. around like um, Tiger King, you got, you know, you, you start extra building hype. word of mouth. Yeah. You know. Well, and, and I think you got extra hype because these people are real. And then people would be like, what do I do to go find these people? And then they would see news articles like the news picked up on this and they would be like, oh my gosh, they're real people. Let's go tell their stories and go try to interview Joe Exotic in prison and Carol Baskin's on Dancing with the Stars. And then like, you know, that that redraws people back. Oh my God. It. I didn't yeah. remember that. <laughs> um, uh, not I know. That I watched it, but. I know. It's still disappointing to even think about. Um, but, you know, you redraw people into going to watch this show because they, even if they don't, see it on Netflix, they see it in the news, they see it, you know, in other shows. And so it sort of like gets this, this, um, you know, extra press that way. You're not going to have that when you're featuring a movie that's, you know, not based in real life that you can't count on this extra press with. So this is obviously like the smallest sample size we can have, um, namely two, but um, <laughs> is like are you this way or is it you know is it, so is it maybe an age thing mm -hmm. um, or is it uh am i alone here or something where i am shocked that network television is a thing that it like every time so when i was watching football i saw these things advertised or whatever and it's like so now they're doing nine the show nine one one Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be doing 911 a different city. Yes. So not only did we have the run in the 90s of CSI and then every CSI in every city they felt like, now we're going to have 911 and 911 Atlanta, 911 LA, 911 New York. Really? 911 Lone Star. The Texas and then edition. we had the masked singer. Yeah. So, and now we have the masked dancer. The masked dancer. Yes. I mean, we're, we're going to have the masked. I just acrobat or ice dancer or you know the masked yeah, right, swimmer singing. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> I had more foul things on my mind thank you for saying some reasonable ones like <laughs> I just I am stunned that this is what's on television yet yes because it means that people someone must still watch it now I want to believe all these things are slowly dying 
because it seems like they are. Sure. Because they don't get any of the buzz. Like mm-hmm. you, if you're if you believe Twitter's reality or you just hear word of mouth, but no one's like coming up to me and telling me, "Wow, did you see the la- last night's nine one one jersey?" Right. No, I didn't. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> so the boardwalk what, is what in danger. Where are you on this? Am I am I like is this like peak millennial or something, or am I just uh, or what do you think? I'm just sure. to me the world has moved on. Sure. I I would say that in general, a large portion of the population probably does not watch network television um, as their like main form of television. There's, you know, people are, are kind of maybe siloed, but maybe, you know, crossing over on different streaming services. And that's where you find the most word of mouth, the most like recommended shows, you know, the, the, the hype, the buzz, the you know, show you have to see. Now, I do believe there is a segment of the population that does watch network television and network television execs have clearly figured out who this demographic is and are and are just playing to them. There's not a lot of originality. There's not a lot of experimentation. There's obviously not, you know, um, a lot of money being sunk into like, let's try you know, this show, it's right. Okay. The people who are with us still who haven't gone over to streaming services want, you know, their, their Thursday night excitement drama of nine one one in every city. Or I know there's like still the, there's one night of television where it's all like Chicago, like Chicago med fire PD, Mm. you know, it's like seven different shows, but they're all like Chicago something. Um, and you know, they want like their reality competitions that, that look and sound exactly the same to one yep. another. There's like a, there's a new one that keeps getting hyped and I'm like, please stop it. It's like something about going big. America goes big or the America's big show or something. And I think Rosario Dawson might be a judge. And I was like, oh, I'm so sad uh, about this. Yeah, yeah, I'm so yeah. sad for you right now. Yeah. Um, but You're yeah, so, so Tano, like, you know, you yeah, right. Like be better, <laughs> be better than this, uh, to, to quote, uh, to quote Ryan, Ryan, uh, um, Gosling from crazy, stupid love, be better than the show, be better than the gap, but I'm modifying. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, there, there's a very specific section of, the U S that's tuned into network television and network execs are kind of just done trying to do anything different. They just want to like pander to this section and that's it. I have a, I have a theory that it's like, if you're, I don't know what the age is specifically, but under 50, you Mm -hmm. largely don't care if you're under 20 live television is just not even right. a thing. And so over 50, you know, like you're, you, I see it as you have your certain staples that you watch, but a lot of them are frustrated with that anyways. I mean, I remember even growing up the, the idea from adults or older people was, can we just have variety shows back? You know, something 
simpler. It's all like so gaudy or racy or something. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like they're right. Right. They're probably have, they've identified their, I don't want to like lump everybody into a thing, but boomer category. Mm -hmm. And we're going to feed you this stuff. I just think that, you know, they're all, they're all hedging their bets. There's, you know, they're starting Peacock. They're all doing their own streaming things. I just feel like the network stuff is so much money. The cost for ads is, Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. And just that infrastructure and everything, I feel like has to be a lot of expense. I would feel there'd be some that would just quit. We're, We're out of this business now. We're moving on. You can move with us or, you know, like someone that's, I don't know, maybe uh, just. Yeah. I I mean, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if in the next five to 10 years, um, one or two or more, you know, kind of staple network channels is just done. It's just done broadcasting on network television. Um, whether they, whether they are done wholly or whether, you know, they say we're abandoning network television and just focusing on our streaming service, like NBC just decides to focus on Peacock and make that Mm -hmm. a thing. Um, you know, I, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if, if they are off the air. I mean, uh, like cable news keeps losing ratings Mm-hmm. ESPN, if sports football keeps losing ratings, the kids below us don't watch live TV. Mm-hmm. So you're already starting to really narrow your your audience. And yeah. how long is this worth it for right. you um, right. to before you move on? And um, I mean, I guess more options, the better for everyone. Right. Just, um, I don't know. Don't, how are we going to? Yeah. On the flip side of that, I mean, the other article that you found talking about churn, which I think is quite mm-hmm. funny because uh, I didn't know this prior to uh, starting starting my latest job about three years ago now. Churn is definitely a term in the world of public health. Um, oh, okay. It's it's talking about the uh, the number of people who qualify for programs, assistance programs, such as like Medicaid, um, mm-hmm. and then because of one reason or another get dropped off because the system turns over and they get dropped off, but then they get like re-added back on. And then because of like a system um, glitch or because they like, they don't qualify in the same categories anymore, they get dropped again and then they have to be re-added. So it's like a whole public health phenomena that I'm now thinking is, is very, very funny in terms of like this (laughs) entertainment phenomena as well. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I mean, talking talking about you know the number of people who start subscribing to a service for something specific like a show um or a limited series and then as soon as that's done drop it yeah you know i mean where do they go if if they just yep. do they do they have other subscribing services you know are they are they going to other streaming platforms or are they saying like forget it altogether i can just sign up for Hulu or Netflix or HBO Max for, you know, these three months out of the year and then watch network television the rest. Like, is that, you know, is that where they're going to? And yeah, like sometimes the future seems clear, but then it it gets all foggy or it takes a left turn because, I mean, 
it does seem to be coming out in this that people are only willing to pay so much. Yeah. They don't want to pay more than they did previously for cable or satellite. Right. And they, um, they're okay with ads. And this is a disheartening thing to me. Yeah. But everybody is just okay with ads. I mean, I watch, I watch ad sponsor things too. But like, um, as opposed to paying for something more, it we start seeing more and more people using uh, like Tubi or whatever, or Pluto yep. TV or whatever. Yep. And that seems to be enough content for people, um, just this free ad-based thing. Right. So, yeah, that's the question. Will all these things, is it just going to, maybe the, the networks need to hold on because we're going to have a reset in a way. Yeah. You know, where we have a kickback of, look, I'll subscribe to one or maybe two streaming services. Otherwise, I just want some some ad-based something that I can get some random content and I don't care right. what it is so much. Right. Um, and will companies start trying to lock you in with a contract? Yeah. They're seeing you lose all, leave all the time. Are, you, are we going to go back to the contract stuff that we have with cable? Right. Um, right. Or is, are we going to move? Yeah. Yeah, is streaming service like the new cable? You know, will it, yeah. will it become that? Because right now, like mm -hmm. you said, it's so easy to add and drop. But... Yep. If if they're really concerned about it, are they going to start locking you into like, okay, well, you can add it, but you have to add it for like three months at least or mm -hmm. 12 months or six months or whatever. Yep. And are people done with that enough or is right. that still fine? You know, right. I guess you got to really have the good content. Like I feel like yeah. Netflix could lock people in, but I think they'll be in the position where they don't need to. Yeah. And there'll be I, other companies. Yeah. They're, yeah. You know. And I, I think, think you're going to get more like Disney with doing the weekly releases. I think yeah, to I start <laughs> doing that. Um, and I think, I think Netflix and Disney are in especially enviable positions. Um, Netflix, because it's so established and such mm -hmm. like a, like a staple when you talk about streaming services. Um, and then also because they, they don't have ads, which like you have with something like Hulu, where I, I could see you getting very frustrated being like, I'm paying for this service and yet I have ads. Because yep. even just like watching a couple of shows the other day, I'd forgotten that Hulu does have ads. And I was like, what is this? Like, I was very impatient. Yep. And it was like, you know, a minute of ads, which is nothing compared to network television. But I was still like, right. Like we pay for this, but we still have to go yeah. sit through these ads. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a jip because you, you expect it when you watch live television. Yeah. But when you watch anything on demand, you, you don't expect that. Yeah. What am I paying you? What am I paying you like $60 a month for Like right. Hulu with live television, it just right. went up like $10 a month or whatever. It's, yep. it's not affordable. It's spendy. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and I think uh, I think it's different with things like you were talking about Pluto TV or 2B TV. Um, when you watch like a movie and you sort of get interrupted like half an hour in, it just doesn't seem as terrible as when you're watching like a half hour show and you're interrupted like every, you know, yeah. eight minutes or something. And you're like, ah, my God. Yeah, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. But when you're watching a movie, you're like, oh, Right. Okay. Well, I guess I'll like run to the bathroom or something, 
you know, yeah. get myself a drink. It doesn't, it, it somehow doesn't seem as annoying. Well, and still a lot of things potentially on like Pluto or whatever are, they're not designed with ads in mind. Right. So it's, it's like, so what you get on cable or satellite is, okay, here's this movie not designed with ads. Well, we need to cut it to fit within right. the time slot. So we're going to break up your movie to fit our ads however we want. And then right. you're missing a bunch of the movie. Right. Um, so that's garbage. And if you, if they <laughs> don't, if you're not missing it, it's un, uncut. It's you're not missing any right. of the content. It's then special. it's an all day event. Yep. Because you still got to get in all the ads. Yep. So you're going to sit there all afternoon to watch <laughs> one movie. It's like exactly. movies are long enough the way it is. The Avengers is like, you know, it's like three, three and a half hours or whatever, you know, ridiculous. Right, it's commitment. Know, six hours to watch this one movie. Right. Bogus. <laughs> so. I feel like ranting tonight. Let's go. It's just, I got, like it. Yeah. Something else. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess the one other thing uh, before moving on with this is, so the big thing was The Office is leaving Netflix. Yes. And The Office has been like the show on Netflix, yes. despite all their own original content and, and things. So that's part of what yes. the they're they're losing to Peacock, Indeed. which no one is going to sign up for. I'm convinced. Um yeah, but, I have the I have the free version of Peacock and I don't love it. Okay. It's very confusing. I mean that's the that's the test though. So and the question, are people are enough people do they care enough about the office that they're going to follow where the office goes? Or was it just great that I have Netflix and yeah. it's great that office the office is on here? I mean, I definitely could see that happening. Um, just not maybe in the numbers that NBC is hoping for. Sure. Um, they, they need more and they, they definitely have more and they're working to get more. Um, and the office is obviously huge for them as I think is, um, parks and rec. Uh, okay. but those are only two shows. They, those can only sustain you forever. Right. Uh, or not sustain you forever. Excuse me. Um, if those two shows could sustain them forever, wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if I could, if, if I could pick one of two shows, you know, that I, that I felt could sustain a platform, the office definitely would be one of them. Um, but I, I just don't know that that's enough. And mm -hmm. I don't know that it's enough because they're still playing enough reruns and re-airs of episodes on network television mm. that people don't yet truly actually need to go to Peacock for the office. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's kind of frustrating to not be able to watch your, your, you know, your whatever episode that you're thinking of in the moment and just be like, Oh yeah, the, you know, right. season six, I really want to watch this part. Like, Oh shoot. You know, they're only airing season three right now. But they're still doing it, and I think Office is one of those shows that you you clearly don't need to watch in order unless you're seeing it for the first time. So, right. yeah. So you're they're kind of undercutting themselves there. Um, yeah, because I'm just seeing here on Hulu. So, like, on Hulu, if you have live the live TV option, you can just hit mm. record on The Office, yeah. and then it will just record yep. whatever on a local station is playing it whenever. So that yep. would be a way to consume a lot of it. But yeah, 
don't know. Yeah, I, I guess... think it hurts. I think it hurts for sure. Um, the Office is a big draw, and it's it's one of those ones that people can just like rewatch and rewatch, and yep. you know, it's obviously like an easy kind of watch with your families kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I I don't know that it's going to be some sort of like death blow for Netflix and and quite the triumph that Peacock thinks it will be. Well, I'm excited for um, I'm excited for <laughs> Netflix's movie lineup. Yes. I, I mean, I just I hope there's some good ones in there. I hope we like I am already feeling like I missed other ones because, again, they didn't make a big enough deal about them. They didn't mm -hmm. show up in my feed consistently enough or just ends up being too much. I want to know what's really good that I really need to see that I right. should spend the time in. And uh, yeah, because otherwise regular movies coming out this year, there's not a lot that super has me excited. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Okay. Um, just a little bit of quick gaming news. Some good uh, news. Yeah. So saw this story. Basically, this last year, uh, the game from uh, Sony, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, the Sucker Punch game, I guess, that mm -hmm. came out, and um, it's about a real-life place, mm -hmm. um, and they took a lot of care and attention to creating um, this world in with just historical um, reverence, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and in the real-life place of Tsushima, there is a shrine that got destroyed, all messed up from a storm or whatever. And it's just a like a heartwarming, nice story that they um, set up a, like a funding page mm -hmm. to have the shrine repaired. And tons and tons of people from uh, the gaming community that played and loved this game started donating. And yes. uh, so they beat their goal by 300 plus some percent or whatever uh, in donations to repair this thing. And um, the people behind it were very, um, very grateful. And indeed, the people that donated about $100 or so, I guess, are going to have their names mm -hmm. like uh, etched into a, an extra little um, monument or yes. stone next to it. So I think just think that's really cool. People it cared is. enough about this game and the place it's based upon to to give their money to to be able to restore this uh, very old shrine. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's an example I think of crowdfunding gone exactly right. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's a cool story. It's for a great cause, um, and and it's you know, just kind of heartwarming to see uh, this community care so much and be so invested, not only in the game, but like the place that it, you know, the, the place that inspired it, you know, that mm -hmm. the, the power of gaming can extend to the real, back to the real world that way, you know, the real world world inspired this game and, and the gaming community wants to give back. So that's, yeah. yeah, pretty, pretty great story. You can have stories where like something's featured in a game mm -hmm. or in a movie, and then a bunch of people go there and are loud and obnoxious and leave garbage Ruin around, it. that kind of thing. And they're like, oh, <laughs> why did we let them do this? Right. You know, about our thing, you know? Right. And totally instead, ruined it. Have, yeah. The complete yeah, opposite here. 
Yeah, I, I when you say that, I think of um, uh, got what was the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, The Beach, mm. where where it's like filmed off this like remote island. Oh gosh, in the Philippines maybe. Don't quote me on that, but but it's like this beautiful like you know hidden hidden beach on this island, and um, and it became so popular after this movie. Like just the scenery was absolutely amazing. That so many people went there and just like absolutely trashed this once pristine and beautiful uh, beach and island. And so it's kind of it's kind of nice to see that like you know people are also capable of the opposite. <laughs> right. Tweeting right now, quote, Thailand, yeah. Uh, the beach. Thank you, Alan. Um, in, um, oh, shoot, Alan fixed it. I was going to quote you right now on Twitter. <laughs> Philippines, the beach, Andrea. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing I think of with the beach is obviously just the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know no other beaches. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember where that was set but i do i do remember the story of like everybody going to see that movie i don't think it's a particularly good movie but you know everybody was so impressed by the scenery that they were like oh let's all you know visit this beautiful place and then they totally do just wrecked it danny boyle film i do sir mm. <laughs> i haven't seen it i haven't seen it i remember <laughs> talked about because leo was a thing then or whatever you know but I yeah i mean i think that's basically why this movie got made is you know leo wanted to do it and he was like the hot young star of the moment and i don't i don't remember it being particularly good hmm. but uh yeah well things uh that are particularly Swindle good Swindle's in it? Really? are you serious right now whoa totally <laughs> blacked that out of my wow, brain wow so you're man danny boyle tilda swinton I would definitely never ever just Tilda Swinton. I'm sure she was probably the shining light of that movie. Uh, it's just been years since I've seen it. So I don't remember. Now I'm now I'm like really tempted to go back and watch it. <laughs> Boy, that, that would be that would be hilarious if we watched that now. That'd be our highest viewed video. The beach. <laughs> the beach. Yeah. We could do we could do like a um Oh boy, like an early 2000s heartthrob, you know, episode where we watch The Beach and A Knight's Tale, John. I, no. I know this is like, this is like clearly appealing ah. to you. This is, you're the key demographic right here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> shutting it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, Speaking of other terrifying things, Resident <laughs> Evil is having a live stream coming up soon, uh, January 21st. So that's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I hope to be able to watch it. I'm not certain if I will, but I I, I mean, if I don't watch it live, I'll watch it later. Yeah, same. But um, there's been some different teases throughout the week, I guess, on Twitter. So it's about Resident Evil 8, Resident mm-hmm. Evil Village. Yep. But the, it sounds like there's... Um, potentially some other things, maybe a collection of older games or something else in the works as well. Maybe they'll announce the next remaster. You know, they just did three. So it would seem likely that four, some people are talking about um, uh, another resume revelations. It's been a little okay. while since we've had one of those. So yeah, I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm pumped. I'm excited for this. Uh, we haven't had a like gaming 
stream event or something since the summer, basically, or whatever that to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I we guess were, since we the were, game awards. But. Yeah. I mean, but in the summer, it felt like, you know, almost every week or two we mm-hmm. were getting something. Um, and it's been pretty quiet. I mean, of course, you know, we've had actually the console systems release, so there's yeah. less incentive to, you know, you know, stream and 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 look ahead to what's coming. But still, I miss that. That was that was a, you know, very exciting and action packed summer in terms of gaming. Yeah. Yep. Um, Code Veronica remake. Oh yeah, actually, they should do that first. You're right. They should do Code Veronica before Resident Evil 4 remake. Um, and that would be good because Resident Evil 4... So I didn't just like say that weird. Alan brought that up, uh, Code Veronica. Um, <laughs> it's a special uh, request from the producer. Yeah. It it was a big game on the Dreamcast, yep. if I recall correctly. And um, I never... I haven't played a lot of Resident Evil games, but I didn't play that one. And... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love the opportunity to play that one. Well, I know it was on other systems, Alan, but the Dreamcast is the one that counts, all right? <laughs> That's the one that matters for Code Veronica. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil 4 is on everything basically right now. Like if yes. you want to play it pretty much on anything, I don't know if it's backwards compatible on PS5, but on Switch or um, the Xbox, any of them, you can play it. So... Um, yeah, Code Veronica. I, I agree. That would be that'd be a good one. Well, we'll find I out. To, yeah, tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow. <laughs> I need to finish Resident Evil 2 remake yet. Um, I'm in the middle of it and foolishly okay. stuck because I suck at video games. But um, then I uh, yeah, so I want because I do want to play three as well. Well, hurry up. You need to play more Resident Evil. You love Resident Evil 4. Why are you not playing these remakes? <laughs> like, they look better, and they're very... I mean, it's in the same, in the same wheelhouse, vein. and they're not yeah. that long either, you know? I should. I should. Hmm? Maybe that's what I'll start for my next game right now. Yeah. They're cinematic, and it's good. Okay, and then... um. I just wanted to bring out, bring up that uh, Arcade One Up makes arcade cabinets, um, and they look really cool. There's a new X Men one, four player X Men arcade cabinet. Okay. I very much want it. Um, <laughs> they have like um, a, a Killer Instinct one. Uh, you know, they have they, qu- they have quite a number of of different ones. A pack, there's a Pac Man one and. And often they come with some other games as well, besides the featured one. Okay. And then they, some of them have Wi-Fi connectivity as well. So like you could, you can still compete with others, you know, for top score and stuff, because obviously you're not in your own house. The neighborhood isn't coming by to take turns on your arcade cabinet, probably. So you can still compete with um, others. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I don't know sweet. what the prices of them, but I kind of want that X-Men one. Yeah, that looks really cool. I used to play it. Um, not well, but I used to play it. And uh, yeah, it'd be fun to have somewhere. All right. Are you are you early hinting for your birthday? Ashley, oh, are yeah. you listening? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I would say you oh, should Alan get Oh, Ellen calls one. Nightcrawler. Sweet. 
and then I'll get one, and then we can play together online yet. Alan, <laughs> you should pick up one, too. Then you can be Nightcrawler. <laughs> you know, I'll be Cyclops or something. Yeah. I would do this. This sounds really awesome. It looks yes. really cool, too, just from the, the few glimpses I've got so far. Yeah. So everybody take a look at them. Don't let arcade cabinets die. Go ahead and buy an arcade one-up retro cabinet. So, Throwback. Yep. All right. Um, getting into spoilers, because um, mm -hmm. we're going to finally talk about WandaVision. Again, yes. the big show of the week is not The Masked Dancer. It is <laughs> WandaVision. Or the, the uh, seventh version of, of 911. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Disney... Uh, Disney Plus uh, Mandalorian season two wrapped up not long ago. And so just in time for you to not cancel your service, WandaVision <laughs> has released and they started with episodes one and two last week. What are your thoughts? So I, I was very, very, very excited about WandaVision. Um, it was, it was probably the show I was most excited about on Disney Plus. Um, Pre pre Mandalorian, pre understanding, you know, how big that was going to be and how good that 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 show was going to be. Um, but WandaVision was always the thing I was really excited about because they're two of my favorite characters from the Marvel verse. And I so far, I mean, two episodes in hard to tell what the whole thing is going to be. But so far, I'm not let down by this opening premise. Um, I I love this like totally different vibe we're getting um with the sort of 50s sitcom tv world that that wanda and vision seem to be inhabiting um whether that's them physically being in this world or mentally in this world or perhaps one of them only is somehow in this world is like this mystery that i'm that is being hinted at in these first two episodes that I'm very excited to see where this all goes because it of course opens solely um, the first episode just focuses on this, like building up this like 50s sitcom TV and just totally buying into that. No other mention of, you know, anything else. Um, the only weird moment we get is towards the end of the episode, but it's really just like a quick blip. And the rest of the episode is just like, oh, you'd think this was literally a production, you know, of a 50s TV show about, you know, man and a wife, domestic, you know, domestic uh, affairs and goofy mishaps and, and misunderstandings. And, you know, it's all very adorable and gets wrapped up neatly. And then, you know, suddenly we, we have this moment at the end and then we have these very, very eerie credits rolling like the real credits of like yeah. the actual WandaVision show um, that are very off-putting, but, but nothing else is really given to you. So you just like have to fully buy into this until you get to the second episode where you start to get some hints of, you know, uh, connections to, right. We're still in the Marvel universe. Like we still have other characters. We still have, you know, in, in the second episode, we get the mention of Hydra, um, so, you know, they're they're kind of slowly bringing us back into that. I think it was in the first one, too. Hydra was in the first one? I think so. Didn't they show the watch in the first one? I couldn't remember if that was the first or the 
second. I thought maybe it was the second. Because that was when that was when everything started to like kind of fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the second. second episode. Yeah, because I thought the first the first episode was just really, really, just totally like we're in this fifties world. Like, deal with it. We're not giving you anything else. And second episode was like, all right, we've we've built it up. We've established it. You know, there's only so far we can go with this like husband wife. You know, comedic routine. Um, now we're going to, we're going to, you know, give you a little bit more meat to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched the, a uh, little, uh, like a couple spoiler or Easter egg breakdowns, some different sure. things I found sure. in them. Um, because I knew I'd be missing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything's it seems just so like, snappy. It's, you yeah. know, like the pace is so quick. And a lot of things were, were callbacks to parts of the Marvel movies or things that I hadn't really didn't remember well oh, sure okay um so like there was a i think it was on the watch that it was also the um hydra but then the name on it was one of the enemies yeah uh, in the previous um um thing and yeah told yes, me Stark from industries. industries yep so yep, from the, the theory yeah. was just kind of like punishing Strucker. herself potentially with um previous like hurtful things from the past yes Strucker. yep that was the thing there Yep. Um, and then I saw, the, I guess, in the animated opening, there was a Galactus helmet just thrown in there. So I like how they do all that sure. <laughs> stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't sold in the first episode um, because I honestly thought maybe that I worried about how long they go on with the sitcom thing, you know, yeah. like for this this era sitcom and how long that's going to because I, I want it's just me wanting to know so much mm-hmm. what's happening where this is going to go. So yeah. it's very important to me that they pace this properly. Yes. Um, and uh, I think that in episode two, um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed episode two more and mm-hmm. they started to be some more interesting things happening in my mind, like some pops of color coming in and right. the beekeeper coming through the sewer and stuff like that. Yes that really uh, was was more interesting. Yeah, I think out of the two episodes, episode two gives you far more to think about. Yeah. Um, I, I, the voice. You, right, the voice, and, and the voice only addressing Wanda, not Vision. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of gives you maybe a clue as to the timeline. Uh, because, of course, in our, in our regular Marvel mo- movie series, uh, Vision is gone. So, you know... Perhaps, you know, this is this is afterwards, after after he's gone and, you know, something is messing with Wanda's mind because we're only addressing Wanda. Maybe that's a clue. Maybe it isn't. But, you know, it's it's definitely something for the audience to chew on. OK, so. Um, Marvel Universe. Now, in fairness, I haven't seen the, the latest Spider-Man or the latest Ant-Man or. Captain Marvel. So the three things I'm missing out on that I need to get to yet. But yeah, I think uh, think the latest Spider-Man is is perhaps the only one I haven't seen yet. We should we should do one then because that's like we should because I was gonna say it's like computers. There's uh I forget the term I always use for, but it's a there's an assumed learning. Um, it's like if you throw a computer in front of someone Mm -hmm. and they've never run one before. 
It's like, wow, what do I do? Sure. But if you take someone that was around when the first iPhone came out and gave mm -hmm. them that, each iteration, you have to, you learn a little more mm -hmm. and you've, you're building on your previous knowledge. Right. Marvel's absolutely that way. So just a heads up, it should go without saying there's potential spoilers for anything in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe here because it yes. is assumed that you've watched all the other previous yes. stuff. Sorry. No, <laughs> that seems a little ridiculous. It is like, I mean, yeah. And like, it's an amazing thing that Marvel's managed to achieve, that that yes. is the case for this. Um, so maybe fill me in, because I forget, is Vision when we end end game end game it's vision gone for sure because wanda destroyed that stone or because he wasn't snapped gone so he was not I, snapped gone. gone right so she, he's gone, she, gone yeah she was snapped gone was she not no oh um because by the end of end game everybody's back when they're when so they're Vision's final, uh, but no, but Vision was he had the stone ripped out of him while he was still conscious. Okay. So okay. Vision is gone. Um, I'm I'm right. fairly certain unless there's something really big that I'm missing or there was like a a spoilery hinty like we're going to find Vision. Well, and I think that's what we're gonna see here. I think that we're gonna see. Wanda is going to go to any lengths to bring him back. And mm -hmm. so everybody seems to think that this is going to be based off of House of M, which I'm going to read hopefully right. this week. Um, just the core book of that's it, not that long. And um, it is about Wanda in the comics grieving mm -hmm. a loss and um, with her psychic powers really messing up a lot of things. So I'm guessing she's going to bring a vision from a different dimension. Mm -hmm. from the multiverse mm -hmm. um, back into existence and one that sure. he has not been destroyed in or something. Sure. And, uh, so, yeah, I, th I think Vision will be back. That's my point here, I guess. I wasn't yeah. sure if Vision was dead for sure in the mainline movies, mm -hmm. but I yep. think that he's going to be brought back uh, amongst others in, in this series. Okay. So, yeah, so I, if that's, potentially where this storyline is going um right now i think we're, we still are operating under the assumption then that that vision isn't maybe here in in this what wherever this this um you know kind of 56 um, self-imposed prison something right yeah wherever this is taking place right now vision probably isn't um, in existence and he's not truly a part of this. So, um, and, and this may be, you know, something that's happening in Wanda's mind potentially, which I think for me begs the question, who is powerful enough to mess with Mon Wanda's mind like this? You know, is it, is it another entity? Is it Wanda herself messing with her own mind? Is she sort of trapped somewhere? If so, how did she, get herself here because she didn't yep. seem she didn't particularly seem okay at the end of Endgame, but she also didn't seem like she was maybe going to create like a whole alternate universe in her brain complete with a 50s right. you know tv show to bring vision back so what's been happening 
um, with her. But then if this is somebody else, who's powerful enough to mess with Scarlet Witch's mind, who herself is a master, you know, of, of mind manipulation. So, so interesting the, questions, I think. The other um, symbol that keeps showing up is the sword logo, which yes. I guess is a, an acronym for another agency like S.H.I.E.L.D. sword. Mm -hmm. I guess in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it means something different a little bit than in the comics. Okay. But um, that seems like that organization is potentially the one that is either trying to get her out of this or is putting her in this. Mm -hmm. That's the question. Which way is it? You know, and to your, to your question, who's powerful enough to get into her mind like that? I mean, who knows what Dr. Strange can all do. True. Um, he, you know, he definitely would be a candidate here. And then, I mean, I'm really hoping, and if this is house of M the beginning of this, then, um, we're going to get X-Men with this. And clearly someone like, uh, professor Xavier would be, you know, if this was a thing, we're trying to get you out of this. We're trying to stop you right. from whatever's happening. Right. Uh, professor Xavier being involved would be, would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I, oh, Emma Frost. Interesting. That's what Alan just proposed. Emma Frost as a, as another candidate. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think there's, there's a number of possibilities. Um, it just, I think that the voice, like I said, the voice at the end of the second episode addressing Wanda and only Wanda saying, you know, you know, yep. this isn't right. Um, just simply begs the question, you know, who, who's doing this? Who's this powerful? I think it's a, it's, it's, you know, possible that there are multiple people, um, but there's a, a limited number of people. You know, yep. like you said, Emma Frost, Professor X, like, could could she be doing this to herself? You know, is this something that's happening in her own mind? Um, you know, or is like Doctor Strange involved? Is this something that's happening in her mind for the purposes of calming her down from something like a loss, like Vision's loss, or like um, like Ellen was talking about the loss of her children? Um, who we've now been introduced to in the second episode as she miraculously, you know, explodes with a baby bump. That's, That's definitely how, not how it happens. Right? <laughs> oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a stop to that right now. That'd be so nice, though, if you could just be like, hey, pregnant, happening. Oh, I'm already like four months long. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty envious of that little trick of hers. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I just think episode two was by far the more interesting in terms of moving this storyline along, but I really enjoyed episode one's just like total departure. We're going to enter with this like comedic wackiness. Um, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen just like crushed it. I think, I think they just like crushed the comedic timing, the, the very like um, predictable mishaps and miscommunications and the like, you know, it was very like a cross of Bewitched, like an episode of like the old yes. black and white Bewitched. Um, and the odd couple. And the uh, yeah, <laughs> they're nice, you know. But right, yeah, it was it was totally adorable. And then it also made me think of um, the uh, the movie based on um, 
the 50s sitcom TV show Pleasantville with Tobey Maguire, Joan Allen, yeah. Jeff Daniels, you yeah, know. That's what Ash thought about right away. Exactly. Especially in the in the second episode where, um, you know, everything's turning to color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's, yep. there's very notable callbacks to that. But, you know, the actors do, like I said, a really great job just like inhabiting that very um, iconic and very stereotypical like television medium and they, they, they pick up all those cues and they, and they play it off really well. So props, props to everybody on the show. And I also think Catherine Hahn as their next door neighbor is just, yes, absolutely. She's always funny. She is such a scene stealer. She is great. Mm -hmm. So I was really hoping her in, in this show husband would be John C. Riley. Well, we've yet to meet him. I know. Despite I hearing know so haven't. much, so much Shouldn't about happen. how useless he is, <laughs> we haven't met him yet, so it's still possible, John. I it's it's tough to talk about these because yeah, it is just like a bag of questions. Ultimately, oh. not all that much happens that's necessarily meaningful. Um, but yeah, a lot of questions, and I hope it's the beginning of Vision and uh, Scarlet Witch really taking a bigger role mm-hmm. in the general arc of the MCU from this point forward, because I think yeah. vision has been misused. He's like been shown to be a lot weaker. Underused. Yes. He, he, he should be way more competent and powerful and a larger player than he has been. I agree. Um, and then Scarlet Witch as well. Like they could have, I mean, totally underestimated, like undervalued, her strength you mm-hmm. know um so yeah i mean she she got a little bit more but i think that's that's only due to the fact that she got more screen time in in the mcu movies you know i mean she she ended up getting to be there for the final final battle with thanos so it it sort of like lent her a little bit more power and importance um just by dint of being like on the screen and present and getting to show off her skills for that rather than like any sort of like actual, um, you know, respect for the character. Do you know what I mean? And I, I mean, I understand that the, the first decade was, was really about Iron Man, Captain America and Thor. Yeah. Like that was really the core. So I, I understand it's a difficult game to play with so many characters that you can't focus on them all. Right. But I hope that we're able to do that now. You know, we're right. able to go on to some of these other characters and, um, you know, them and, and Doctor Strange, you know, make them Wasp and Ant-Man, make those yeah. guys pop. I, I, think, I think the hard part is that... Um, you know, these characters are, are kind of the second phase of the MCU. And it it feels really almost disrespectful to put Paul Bettany in that category because he's been in these movies from the start yeah. the same as, know. you know, Iron Man, Captain America. And, and sure, yep. he wasn't Vision back then, but it just feels like, hasn't he already paid his dues? Shouldn't he yep. already be bigger than he is right now? Yep. Um, so it just feels like a long time coming to to give Vision that respect. But they're going to have secondary characters that like move forward then and take the mantle yeah. of primary characters. And they're going to also have secondary characters that go away with the primary right. characters. Right. So like 
um, you know, Black Widow um, could have been used. I mean, she was used quite a lot, I would mm-hmm. say, but still was was like the her and Hulk being like the first secondary characters. Yeah. So then it's kind of on, you know, whether they get pushed to the wayside and move on with this next generation um, or if they can become something else, you know, main characters themselves. But not right. every secondary character is going to become uh, the the lead, the new lead. Right. right. So. Yeah, I certainly don't know about any uh, any major plans um, for Hulk. I mean, of course, we've got, you know, the, the solo Black Widow movie whenever that <laughs> whenever that happens to come out. Um, you know, yep. that's certainly an indication that, you know, we're not quite done with her. But, you know, who knows about Hulk? Yeah. And I, and of yeah, course it's got its own Hulk. well and it's got its own complications in the fact of like how many actors have played Hulk and they never really like they didn't exactly start off with Mark Ruffalo thinking like you know we're going to build something around him he just sort of happened to slip in there and then be a be a really great Hulk and a really great Bruce Banner um but you know certainly kind of too late to to build into their plans for the first yeah. you know, phase. So who knows if, if that's just going to be a casualty then. I think with, I think if they can get the fantastic four and they have Reed Richards as the scientific mind going mm-hmm. forward. And I think that's uh, yeah. a good use of, of that. And then you get X-Men involved and you can have, you know, though Wolverine is not giant, he is your berserker that Hulk would be, you know, your right. rage fuel guy. And the, you know, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's lots of people out there. They're really big Hulk fans and they want, mm-hmm. uh, but that's is a good question. What is going to happen to Hulk? Yeah. Because I feel like we don't have the growth mm-hmm. um, available for, um, for the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, announcing, Amadeus Cho, I believe that is a different per- that's different person that's Hulk um, instead of Bruce Banner later mm. in some of the comics. Um, sure, sure. And I don't know too much about it, but um, yeah, they always ha- so they always have the option, obviously, to do these things where in the comics they play around with changing up who is who who is Batman for a time or who is Iron Man for a time mm. or whatever. Um, my personal hope is that they just, they have such a roster of characters of, of unique characters yeah. that they just, they don't feel like they need to recycle. Like we don't need to have Iron Man, someone else take the Iron Man suit and we don't need Iron Heart. Just yeah. have new, new characters. Like we, it feels disrespectful well. to the characters we've had in one way and lazier than to just continue with the giant lineup of available right. characters at their disposal i i agree with you i don't know how much marvel might agree with you just because in in their new of course phase um they've got falcon taking over the mantle of captain america so i mm-hmm. don't know i don't know how much they plan to do with that but it's in it it's at least been inferred that that's what's going to happen. So potentially there. And then also with the new Thor love and thunder, Jane Foster is going to take over the mantle of Thor. So we have at least two characters who are 
being switched up that way. Does that mean that's yep. going to be a whole trend across the MCU? Not necessarily. It could just be these specific instances. Um, and I and I do think they're probably not planning on on you know changing over Iron Man. I think that's. I don't know. I, 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 my personal belief is that's a little bit too risky just because I think Robert Downey Jr. just like stamped that so hard as his own, um, that I, I really don't know that they would get a warm reception for anybody else, at least at this point in time. Um, so we'll see, I guess they, they've got inklings of doing it. We'll see how successful it is. Maybe I think probably, probably the Thor movie will be the biggest test of how people react and are receptive to that. Um, just because that's more clear as mm-hmm. to when and how that's happening. And, and I think Falcon taking over as Captain America is, I, I don't know, I guess, I don't know what the storyline of Falcon and winter soldier is going to be, but we certainly haven't been given any yeah. hints that that's going to involve being Captain America yet. I, it, with Captain American, uh, Cap, Captain American, Captain America, <laughs> I can um, give a little more sway just because it almost feels like a figurehead role, mm-hmm. you know, like we're going to always have a Captain America. We're always going to have a, there's a Captain Britain, you know, like we're going right, to. Right. So it feels like a thing almost that you would. I'm sure there's Captain America fans that would be angry with me, but it feels like a thing that could be pa- a banner could be passed along. Yes. You know, um, though stuff like um, Thor seems more ridiculous because Thor is Thor. Right. Like Thor is Thor. Um, Thor that's it. You know, Thor is a person, and, not a mantle. Yeah. 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 And even like if you jump universes to to Batman. Batman is Bruce Wayne. Now, other people have temporarily covered for him mm-hmm. as the role of Batman. And then, but that's it. Bruce Wayne's Batman. And then you go to a uh, way in the future when he's just too old. Right. And we get the one example of Terry McGinnis that right. becomes, you know, but otherwise, yeah, I think that, um, it's just really, it was really not necessary. Like you say, Ironheart, I don't think they'll do that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I That's think far that in the future, they, if at all. Yeah, I think they could set up an idea of um, a young Avengers that they're probably yeah. doing, working towards that because they're doing the Hawkeye stuff. Um, mm-hmm. He's training his daughter. So yeah. we could have a Hawkeye, um, Ironheart, that kind of thing. Young Avengers, I could see that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, we just you're just able to tap now the Fantastic Four and all of the mutant world, and then a lot of your catalog yet in Marvel. I, um, yeah, with Thor, I don't know if it's going to be a permanent thing. Like we're bringing Jane Foster in and stuff, mm-hmm. but from some of it, you know, it's like not that she's necessarily going to be Thor. It's just she's going to have Mjolnir. And the question will be, well, is this a confined yeah, film where this yeah. takes place? Or will, like, is it kind of the ending of the Thor stuff for now with this film? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good question. Obviously, I, you know, we don't have all the details yet. Um, 
I think Taika Waititi did say that she was inheriting Thor's mantle, but I and and, and like taking over for Thor or or some kind of version of those words that that would seem to extend beyond just the fact that she has the hammer. But I don't know, you know, if, if for instance, as you're you're saying, like I don't know if that's just for this movie, if that's literally just for like half of this movie. It's it's a, a very specific instance in which Thor is incapacitated and like you know, and mm-hmm. so they're they're making it seem like a bigger thing than it is. I, <laughs> um, or yeah, meow meow. <laughs> What's a meow meow? Um, sorry, <laughs> I'm very easily distracted. Obviously, um, but yeah. So so I mean, we don't we don't know the extent of this. Like you know, this could be just like a one time thing, because um, I think. Hemsworth is almost up on his contract. Okay. So this this could just be like his final like swan song. We're getting Jane Foster back in here, doing something really cool to finalize, you know, Thor. Um, and then you know, we're we're closing it out, giving you know the powers back to Thor, and we're done. Um, mm. or because I, I don't know that you know N- Natalie Portman's going to sign on for, you know, five more movies. Yeah, five yeah. more movies, ten years as as the next Thor. I don't really see that happening. So yeah, I feel, so yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just there's like little sprinklings throughout the MCU that that these kind of things are happening. I just don't know how extensive they are, and how much um, you know Disney's banking on on those those um, instances, or you know just kind of testing the waters and then maybe backing off yeah. if if they don't get a good reception. I mean, they made, um, you know, they took a C-list character, Iron Man, and made him one of the biggest heroes yeah. in the world. You know, kids now, they, you know, 15 years ago, no kid would have, almost none would have been Iron Man's my favorite. A lot yeah. of them wouldn't even know. They know Spider-Man, yeah. they know Batman, they know Superman, you may know Wolverine. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's a short list of the yeah. top. And Iron Man is now there. So I can understand the um, temptation to be like, well, kids want more Iron Man. They want more Captain America. They want more of this. We're going to lose out on toy sales if we don't (laughs) have these characters. They're so important. But so far, to me, it seems like Kevin Feige has generally enough respect for the story that he's creating that to, to put that aside, kids will still in five years from now, they'll be introduced by their parents to right. the Avengers movies and they will start right. watching them and they will right. see Iron Man. And it will be great. And they will continue to grow and evolve with all the new shows and love many more characters. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there, I'm sure Kevin Feige has enough confidence in the roster of Marvel's many years of history characters here right. that they know they can make something wonderful mm-hmm. out of many characters. There are other C-list characters that can become A-plus tier characters if done right. Yes. And I hope that they understand and realize that and so they don't have to sit and rehash, reuse, reinvent characters because we're not to that point yet. I we agree. don't need to be desperate here. Chris Evans is done as Captain America. He's done. Move on from Captain America. You know, like we, it's fine. You'll make 
billions of dollars still. I guarantee it. <laughs> right here, John personally guarantees. If you don't make up for all up. of those lost billions, <laughs> you gotta, you know, you you pay proper respect to all these characters that are that uh, have yet to be shown in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they will reap the rewards. And many children will love Mr. Fantastic and Mrs. Fantastic and the Human Torch like they've never loved them before because those other movies sucked. Yes, yes, I think we can all just agree that we can put those out of our minds and out of our uh, cinema vaults because yep. uh, yeah, those, those deserve to be buried. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think there's, especially with the rich possibilities that, that Disney has opened up for themselves with launching their own streaming service and starting off with shows like WandaVision, they've, they've really opened themselves up to, making these, you know, previously secondary characters, household names, beloved yep. characters, um, finally giving some of them their due. And I think for me, WandaVision is definitely starting off on a really strong note with with amazing performances by Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. And I think that they've done the right thing here in just letting those two shine in these first few episodes and just not having a lot of other people or characters, you know, like having, having one or two strong supporting characters, but then just like, you know, not, not mixing it up with a lot of other people and just like letting them get established before we move on to from, you know, all trailers and promos of WandaVision is going to be something far more interesting and complex later on in this, in the series. All right. Well, is uh, is there another episode coming out? It must be Friday, huh? Friday, I believe. Yeah. Um, are they doing probably just opened with two and then one a week? I'm guessing. Yeah, get get you in there. I think I think that was the smart decision. Um, it was. Yeah. Because yeah, I think if we just watched the first episode, we would just be like, "What is happening? It's it's yeah. too different. It's too like not connected. It's too not you know." um uh transitioning yeah it's it's not yeah. it's not avengers and there's no clear transition to like you know bridging the story or carrying it over yeah. that we would just be lost and confused and i think starting it off with these two and then like slowly bringing in you know okay we're moving somewhere was a great idea yep agreed all right yes um one of these days we'll have a big fight on here. We'll be like, oh, I, I don't agree. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So Reginald, I disagree. Sorry. <laughs> a little family guy humor for you. We, um, um, I think that's about it. Mm -hmm. That's WandaVision. Um, MCU Phase 4 getting kicked yes. off. Yes. Uh, very excited to see what we get this um, this week. Hopefully it does not disappoint. Mm -hmm. And um, if you um, watch this after the next episode comes out, you can tell us how wrong we were. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look forward to us continuing to watch this show and uh, talk about it, I'd say, um, mm -hmm. as the first new Marvel content in a while. And um, 
you should go back and look at our other episodes. We cover other shows like The Boys or um, Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was one of my favorites. So I uh, recommend. Look at that stuff. Yeah, we got to get to season two someday. Yeah. Uh, maybe Marvel will keep us pretty busy from now on, though. <laughs> well, I think we definitely have to get to season two after your bold proclamation of, you know, You've never seen anything that uh, Alan Tudyk has done that you didn't like. So we'll have to see if, if season two of Doom yeah, Patrol eventually holds. bears that out. Yeah. Maybe he's not involved much in season two. Yeah. Well, maybe that'll that'll be the you know undoing of Doom Patrol. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, um, we are here weekly. Mm-hmm. You should subscribe on Twitch. Follow all that sort of thing on uh, YouTube as well. Pick your pa- favorite podcast directory. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably on it. Recently, um, in our like analytics, other podcast platforms, just like other, uh, I think took the top <laughs> spot for most. In general, views. lumping in. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. we don't care where you listen to it, wherever you want. Yeah. So share it. Uh, go ahead and check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we thank you to Killing the Flower for our theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, their content is also on YouTube and Spotify, and they have an Instagram account as well. So go ahead and look at that. Um, I often stream, usually three times a week, with my brother-in-law, Lucas333. That's Lucas with a K on Twitch. We're usually playing some other games. We're not really, we haven't been this week, um, but uh, maybe Friday. I don't know. Friday's shaping up to be busy. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fo- go ahead and follow him on Twitch. And um, I don't think I've missed anything here. Please no. look forward to our future shows. Yes. Keep um, continuing to join us if you already have. And uh, tell all your friends to join us in the future, too. Yeah. You know, what? it might seem boring that we're talking up front. But see, once you get to know us, you'll want to know. <laughs> what we did throughout the week. That's right. You want to not... know my deep insights about Bill Belichick and Subway Yep. <laughs> and follow us and down those rabbit holes. If you just don't like us, but you want to hear us gab about something, you just skip halfway through the episode. That's fine too. Very true. And then, you know, get to the meat of it. So, yeah. Anyways, I am John. Thank you once again, Andrea, for joining me and everybody have a good week. Sounds good. Cheers, everybody.